We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Well, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm at class with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, 2017, the year in review. Happy New Year, Ron. You too, Ed. It's uh, good to be back for another year of the Soul of Enterprise. Pretty excited about it. Absolutely. We took a and, break last week, but uh, we ran an episode that I still really, really enjoy it. The business lessons from a Christmas carol. Yeah. I, I actually listened to it again and um, it's like, wow, that was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still working, still working, still, still fresh. Working. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, that's, that's good. I'm glad, glad to hear that. Uh, well, we have done, I think this is the third year, right? That we've done a, a year in review show. I think so. And it's been fairly popular for people to listen to, so we figured we wanted to to do that. It's it's sort of our way of cleaning out our stack of stuff on Freerider Friday, in a way. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think we, we get to address some some new topics as well. And let's get some of the, the, the more... Uh, the more morose uh, one out of the way. Let's let's talk about uh, famous passings in 2017. Uh, right. I know you have a, a a list of those that you want to want to want to go. So why don't you, why don't you go? What who 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 are you missing in 2017, Ron? Well, I mean, the, you know, when you see this, obviously the celebrities usually are the focus, right? Right. And we lost some good ones. I mean, Roger Moore. I mean, I'm no James Bond fan, but Adam West, right? Um, Glenn sure. Campbell, uh, Fats Domino, Jim Neighbors, who I thought was a wonderful singer, uh, had an incredible voice. I didn't realize, Ed, we had lost Aaron Moran. Do you know who yes. he is? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Jody from Happy Days, of all people. Yes. Martin Landau, um, David Cassidy. Boy, when these childhood stars start dying from your generation that you watch tv you know growing up and <laughs> mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't too comforting but um tom petty mel tell us how about this one steven first with a u not an i okay that one that name i'm not familiar with <laughs> it will be when i tell you the character he played okay kent dorfman in animal house ah uh, okay Okay. Remember the, I think he has yes, 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 a pledge, yes. and when they put his picture up, everybody started throwing beer cans at it. And right, right. Um, obviously, we we lost Hugh Hefner, Chuck Chuck Berry, um, Roger Ailes started Fox. Um, you know, they say about Roger that he he fa- he found a niche in the American audience. He he found a niche in America. Half the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And and I didn't realize this. We lost Joseph Judge Wapner. Oh, Wapner. Got to watch Wapner. Peter And Chuck Barris. Yes. Chuck Barris. There's a bunch of Fats Domino. Yeah. yeah. So a bunch of from from the 50s. And Al Jarreau. 
which all right, uh, right. That was one that I had not remembered until looking back at the list. So um, you know, the 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 some some of the greats. Uh, well, you mentioned Tom Petty, who uh, you know died way too soon at sixty six. Yep. Uh, so that so those, but yeah, uh, the one that that jumped out at me that I had not heard of in in looking at this list, and this was this is one uh, sort of from my dad's childhood, who he always talked about, who he he thought was perhaps the greatest quarterback to play the game before the the real passing game, and that is Y. A. Tittle. Right. I don't right. know if you remember that name. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. He passed in October, so that just a uh, to shout out to that because he, he my dad grew up a. Giants fan and YA Tittle was a fave of his, so a little shout out for that. So. Sure. Mel Tillis, right? We lost Mel Tillis. Jerry Lewis. Mary Tyler Moore, who <laughs> was a role model to many. I mean, she, yes. she was amazing, actually. Yep. Um, Don Rickles. Yes, Don Rickles, who I know is a favorite of yours. Yes. So. Um, in fact, we got to see him. I t- my dad took me when I was in high school. I think I told you this story off air but um we saw him up in i think lake tahoe and we sat right in front my dad bribed the mater d you know handed him a stack of chips or whatever that he had one at the craft tables and uh-huh. got right down in front well that's the worst place to be in a rickles concert because he's gonna nail you if you're <laughs> anywhere in you know within eyesight especially right below him <clears throat> and he actually pulled my dad up on stage. He always pulls two people up on stage and does a little routine, puts them through. And he pulled my dad up on stage. It was absolutely hilarious. This would have been in the 70s. And Ed, I don't know if you've seen pictures of my dad, but he had a perm. He had bushy hair, full beard. I mean, you know, he kind of looked like Jeff Lynn from from ELO. I don't know if you remember that. but Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, and, and, you know, Rickle's a short guy, like five two or four or something and my dad's six feet and he's looking up at him he goes so sam what do you do for a living he says i'm a barber he says barber look at yourself you're a mess don't you have any mirrors in your shop (laughs) 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 and and he was just so quick but but one real funny story about rickles um he's he's doing shows in vegas this is in the early years before he's really like hit it big Yep. And so he he'd to be doing the midnight show at like the Sahara or something or whatever it was. And he was good friends with Bob Newhart, right? And and Newhart's career had kind of already started taking off, you know, with his comedy albums and all that. And Newhart's there with his wife. And Rickles had just had his little baby g- girl. And he was talking about how much he, you know, hates to be at home. He hates being here. He hates being on the road. He wants to be at home with his family and his, his new, you know, baby. And, and, uh, Newhart's wife says to Bob, he goes, after they left, he had to go do the show. And she says, well, he's a real sweet man. And and Bob Newhart tells her, he says, yeah, but honey, he's nothing like that on stage. So when they go to the show, the Newharts go to the show, Rickles mm-hmm. comes out and he says, oh, well, I see the stuttering idiot from Chicago's here with his hooker wife. <laughs> <laughs> And, and she was kind of gasping, and, and Newhart's like, "Well, I I told you." <laughs> <laughs> there's some uh, there's some really other funny stories the about him and the Brat Pack, and especially with Frank Sinatra. But I, I just have to give a shout out. He wrote a book, Don Rickles, mm-hmm. um, 
his autobiography, and it's it's really worth reading because he talks about some of the movies. He he did a lot of movies. Now some of them were those stupid beach ones, you know. But he worked with Clint Eastwood, obviously, and and uh, a lot of those folks. And he tells some great just just backstage stories that are just hilarious, and it's just really a great read. So was really uh, sad to see him go, but we did get to see him. I th- I took my dad. We went to Arizona, saw him. I think in two thousand four. Maybe, or, well, it might have been later than that. I think it was later than that. But anyway, we got to see him one last time. He was like 82 years old, and he was still performing. Wow. Wow, good stuff. Well, hey, let's give a couple quick shout-outs to people who survived 2017, Ron. How about that? Okay. Uh, uh, Olivia de Havilland is still alive. So, wow. she, yeah, she is She's going to be 102 this year. Wow. Uh, Sydney Poitier is still alive. Uh, and Gene Hackman. So. All right. Okay. So, I just saw. I just read something on Gene Hackman. The Bonnie and Clyde movie has had its fiftieth anniversary, and I and I had forgotten he's in that with yeah. Warren Beatty and what's her name, Faye Dunaway, was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, we, we lost John Anderson, Ed, uh, ni- uh, ninety-five oh. years old. He was congressman. He obviously ran for president in nineteen eighty. He got seven percent of the vote, by the way. Yes. You know, with Reagan and Carter in there. And uh, did you know, I did not know this. He proposed when he was in Congress a constitutional amendment to acknowledge, quote, the law and authority of Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> it went nowhere. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a problem with the First Amendment, I would think. I would think so. Uh, <laughs> big time. Um, I do have to give a shout out. Uh, we lost my dog. Um, had to put my no. dog on. December 22nd. In fact, it happened right before you and I went on the air that day a couple weeks ago. And Winston, he was, uh, we got him in 2005. He was part Chihuahua, part miniature Doberman Pinscher. So he had colors and the markings of Adobe, but he had the long tail and more of the Chihuahua nose face. He was really cute. He was a rescue dog. We got him in 2005. We think he was about a year and a half old when we, when we got him. So he lived a long life, but I'll tell you, boy, that's one of the worst things about owning a pet is, yeah, boy, when you have to, when you lose them, they just become such part of the family. You know, they're just always there and especially a dog because they're just the definition of unconditional love. They're just, yeah, you know, they, they're always happy to see you no matter what. I mean, <laughs> they don't, they don't subscribe to too much of a good thing is bad. You know, I mean, right. you, you could sit there and scratch their belly for hours and you, you know. <laughs> More is more. More is more. More, more is, is more. <laughs> more and more is always better. More food, everything. Uh, so, are you are you back on the dog track? Is gonna is there another dog in the Baker future there? No, no. This is the second. Well, I've I've had dogs in, ever since I was a kid, and um, you know, it was really just really tough. But uh, no, probably not. At least not for a while. Um, not for a while. You you've avoided it, haven't you? You haven't. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. In fact, our neighbors just got a dog and uh, the, who very fr- friendly with the, with the kids, and we're just like, "That's great! You can go visit that dog." Perfect. <laughs> that per- you get all the benefits without uh-huh. all the hassles of, <laughs> exactly of ownership. Correct. And of course, there, there's correct. one more person that deserves a shout out. Ed, although this is infamous, um, uh-huh. certainly not in the in the same stature as all these other people we've been talking about. But we lost Charles Manson. Yeah, I'm real broken 19. up about it, Ron. Yeah, age 83. Um, boy, I didn't realize how much he was really influenced by the Beatles, you know. But, yeah, I know the whole helter-skelter thing, but you know, he scrawled pigs on the walls because of a Beatles song he liked. And, 
you know, he cut an album in 1970 that was called Lie, L-I-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he got convicted on seven counts of murder, and it was right before the California changed their law on the death penalty, so he got spared. Otherwise, he would have he would have got the death penalty. Yeah, I'm not in favor of the death penalty, but you know, you could. There, there are always certain exceptions, uh, mostly because he di- he didn't do most of the, or and, and perhaps even any of the killing himself. He just he just influenced the, these minions, right. which just made it that much more horrific. So right, I, I remember reading the the um, the prosecutor who got him, Vince Biosi or Bigosi or whatever his name was. He he also wrote wrote some great novels and some other books that were pretty interesting. Uh, but he was the, he was the prosecutor who put them away and he wrote a book. I think it was called Helter Skelter. And, and I, I remember reading that way back and I just, it's fascinating. I just wonder why we're so fascinated with some of these folks, you know, these infamous people, but we just are, I mean, it's yeah. like human nature, you know? Yeah. To some degree, I actually do try to try to avoid it. Like, you know, when he, when he passed, I was really not all that interested in, in, in f- following up and reading about it, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Hey, uh, good, good riddance in that case, I suppose. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Addition by subtraction to the human race. Absolutely. So, well, we got we got only a couple of minutes left before our first break run. So why don't we do that? Because coming up, what we'll talk about is maybe our the the top shows of the year. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about some of the the other things that we've encountered over the course of the year. Maybe our best best books. Although I think we're going to do a show just on on that. So maybe we'll hit hit some of the quick highlights on that. But uh, right now we want to remind you that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to ask T S O E. That's A S K. T-S-O-E at verisage.com and that email will go then to both of us. Also, show notes and previews to upcoming shows always available at the website, thesoulofenterprise.com as well as our archive page where you can go view and all of our previous shows and listen to them as well. But right now, a word from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're doing 2017 Year in Review. And Ed, just to follow up, you know, we did a show, I think in our first year for Black Friday, called Scroogeonomics. Yes. Right? It was based on Joel Vogel's book. That yes. The same title. Uh, give <laughs> gift cards, hard. everyone. Give, just give gift cards. Yep. Give, yep. yep. Well, The Economist, in its, uh, in its, its regular econ column, uh, has, is called Free Exchange. Um, it has a, has a great article as a follow-up to this. So have yourself a dismal Christmas. <laughs> and, and, and just let me just read you my favorite sentence. And, and this is uh, kind of recounting uh, Ball Fogel's theory, right? It says, because the giver inevitably understands the receiver's preferences imperfectly, recipients usually value gifts by less than their purchase price, generating a substantial deadweight loss to the economy. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> 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 what they're saying is basically this is, this is emblematic of the problems you know, in this discipline, right? It, it's just, it's the shortcoming of, of the field's approach to human behavior. Right. Totally missing the reason why people give gifts and, and all of that, which we talked about. I think, you know, I, I, I think I think Joel knows that too. You know, he's, he's not just looking at the hard, cold numbers. But I did find this interesting, Ed. Two, two, uh, two other economists uh, as a follow-up to uh, his thesis about the deadweight loss Mm-hmm. They used auctions rather than surveys. If you remember, Baldfogel re- relied on surveys. You know what right. would what would you have paid for this gift, or what would you sell it for? You know those types of things. These guys looked at auctions instead, and they came up with what they thought was a better formula, which was that material value plus sentimental value equals total value. And they discovered that uh, the gift giving actually increased. Um, people satisfaction or total value by 21 to 35 percent i can see that if you're factoring that in like you know this the, the fact that this gift was given to me by my aunt whom i really love even though she didn't understand me at all it's the fact that it was from her has has the that added sentimental value so that's that i i get that and right, and that's right. and i would nobody would deny that Signaling that you know we care about one another and rela- sure. you know, relationships and all of that, and but they just used it as a way to illustrate that this is one of the ways that economists kind of go off the rails uh, when they try and and I think it, it goes back to the scientism issue, right? That we you try and put everything into numbers and equations and make it all work out, and right. sometimes that misses the you know it's it's kind of like when the baby's born the GDP goes down, right? But when the sheep's born it goes up. It misses the the miracle of that is which is life, right? Yep. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and I think I think we when we dealt with that episode we were we were clearly tongue in cheek too. So, but right. 
I'm still not getting you a gift, by the way, but that's okay. No, that's fine. We're good with that. We, you know, we just we we go out to dinner and 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 have bottle bottles of wine throughout the year, Ron. We're good. <laughs> True. Much rather do that, especially if it's Nobu. Exactly. So the next time we do that, we'll just say you know Merry Christmas to each other and then move on. <laughs> okay. And so right. we, we have to talk about this. What were Originally, I had the idea of doing what were your top five favorite shows, but you made me cut it to three, which was definitely harder, by the way. But oh, good. What um, were your favorite shows of this year that we did? So I took a slightly different take on this, Ron. I actually went the Economist route and and looked at the data. Okay. All right. Yeah. So th- this is the, this is this is more now according to our listeners the top three shows. That now uh, I, we can't say that they listen to because there's lots of different ways, right? right? But these are the top three shows where they came to our page and stayed on the page for that particular show for a substantial amount of time. Okay. Okay. So they are they are in 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 reverse order. Number three, show one twenty six, reappraising the performance appraisal. Okay. That's from from back in January of last year. I thought that was a good show too, so I would I would totally agree with the audience on that. Well, I'm gonna I mean anyway. Th- then number two, a show number one hundred and forty two in from May is what year were you born? Generational astrology. Right. <laughs> yep. And the number one show, according to the number of li- of uh, Google and the, the people staying on the the show page for a substantial period of time, was show number one thirty. Personality profiles helpful or hokum from February, and I would totally agree with that. That was a great show, and and I will say that I think we got a super amount of traction from social media on that because that that it, we got a, a substantial reaction, people both for and against, by the way, of our assessment of personality profiles. Yep, yep. In fact, I made my top five list, but uh, <laughs> definitely that was a fun show. Yep, and let me throw one in one in here, and this is this is the the bonus because I did want to mention this. The number one show with regard to a guest, an interview that we did, mm-hmm. was the interview show that we did with Jim and Gary Boomer. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. Yep. So happy and a little bit, shout out to them, and we're, we we'll hope they'll be a potential part of uh, the Soul of Enterprise, if not in 2018, maybe 2019. Excellent. Yeah, and along those same lines, we I know we have a a special guest coming on sometime early, hopefully in the year. So yeah, <laughs> that, that will be uh, quite interesting for folks to listen to. Yep, yep. So we're we're pretty pleased to announce. I should we? I'll we'll announce it today, Ron. How about we do that? Okay, go ahead. That that we've been able to land um, one of my great all time mentors, and that is Peter Block, who has authored. Uh, what a dozen or so books, Ron, and and, yeah, and I don't know. You've read them all. I have. Yeah, uh, but oh. I, I'll say at least two of them have been extraordinary. Well, that even in fairness, three have been highly influential in my career. So, yeah. in, in not in, in the including one of the books that that is part of the story behind you and I meeting, and that is the answer to how is yes. But we'll save that for the show. We'll save that for that story for the show. Right. All right. So, what were your top three? All right. Well, um, this was tough because I, I had the personality profile in there, but I, I'm going to have to say changing changing your mind mm. be number three. It's episode number 147, where we just talked about 
changing your mind. What happens? What do you go through? I, I just find that topic absolutely fascinating because I continue to ask that question out of every audience and every hand goes up. We've all changed our mind on something. And, and, and when you relate it that way, people can kind of understand the process that it's usually not a burning bush moment. You know, it's not a sudden epiphany lightning bolt from the sky. I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the time it's, it's, it's wrestling with something for a period of time, a year, maybe, or even longer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I just thought that our whole discussion on that was just fascinating. I really enjoyed that topic. Cool. All right. So that's number three, number two. Well, I'm going to have to say Johan, Johan Norberg. Um, yeah, was, yeah. You know, I just I love the book, and talking to him was a thrill because I've been a fan for a long time, as I know you have. Um, so it's episode 171, and I just, because of my nature is optimistic, and I just look around and <laughs> look at all these great things that have happened, uh, you know, and his famous question that we've talked about before, would you you know, like to be a billionaire back in the 20s or in the 1800s or whatever? No, I, I rather mm-hmm. live today. I mean, just, just you know, all the creature comforts we have and, and all of that. I just, I, thought, I just thought that was an incredibly inspiring show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great stuff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. You're going to give me your number one. Can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, the show with Chris Strickland. Absolutely. Chris, okay. Put, put, put the bromance aside and put, you know, the, the shrieking 14-year-old girl at the Beatles con- concert, which I know is really unbecoming behavior for a 50-year-old plus man. Uh, the thing, though, Ed, on the serious side of, of what I really enjoyed about having Strickland on was being validated on just how important the AAR, the after action review is. Right. I mean, to hear about his story, you know, and how he says, I wouldn't be alive today after he ejected from that F-16 at that air show in Idaho, that I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for the debriefing process. Right. And, and it just, you know, we've been talking about this since 2003, practically since I've known you. Right, mm-hmm. I wrote about this in my book, and and trying to get firms to do after action reviews, and I, it just it just validated everything I I've ever thought about them, and so I just thought from that standpoint that was a fantastic show because th- that is one idea I think that is a true management revolution, a, a true innovation in in the in the field of management, which has been stagnant for fifty, seventy five, some say even a hundred years. And that's one thing that that can really make a massive difference. Yeah, I agree. I've had the opportunity, Ron, since since that episode to present the after action review at a conference at the the ITA event in December, and I, I've presented it before. But I have to say, having some slides and and my retelling of of Colonel Strickland's story. Uh, it really makes it much more powerful. That's what I what I open with the session. Is talking about him, and so the, the you know the the key takeaway for me, or I shouldn't say the one of the key takeaways for me, is when he t- take takes you through this notion of okay, how how is it that the 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 Thunderbirds are able to do this when they when the turnover is fifty percent every two years? I mean yep. that's just that's just ast- that's un- unbelievable in that they're months, able to have right they're able to have a high performing team. Yep. 
yeah, yeah. No, I know. I, I, I've incorporated the same stories in my present day. I just love it. And it's just so validating and just, it was just so awesome. And, and I thought he did a really good job explaining it and its impact. I just, I wish him the best of luck uh, diffusing this idea into, into the corporate world because I know there's a lot of obstacles to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I and I think it, they they can. I've I, I've had the opportunity to sit through not only his presentation but a couple of others from the team there at at um, Afterburner. Uh, Afterburner. Yep. And and they they're all just they're really good. And they have they have adapted that mil- the military uh, theories and stuff to business really well because I I've seen other people try to do it and it's often very lost. Uh, but they, I think they, they've done so far an excellent job of, of incorporating r- real business acumen from th- from today um, to some of these military ideas. So shout out to them and, and, and hope they keep up the great work. Yes, absolutely. So those were my three, Ed. And I know we've only got a couple minutes here, so we might not get to all of yours. But give me give me your list from. Oh well, that that I gave you my list. That's how how I decided to do it, which was the, oh, okay. the ones that, that yeah, that was. Uh, but but I I will agree with you if like looking back at the list before I decided to do it that way, the the Norberg episode definitely jumped out at me. I know I know that's recent memory, but still, it was it was uh, just such an honor and pleasure to have him on the show. Uh, and uh, I, I think had an impact. In fact, um, as we come up against the bottom of our break here, there's there's sort of a Norberg influence in, that I, in something I want to bring up in the next segment, which is uh, some things that happened in 2017 that made made Earth a better place. So we'll deal with that in our the next segment. Want to remind you that you can contact us by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com, and that email will go both to Ron and me. I want to remind you that please do go out to iTunes and review the the show. Just take a make a quick note if you're listening to this in the car. You know, fire up Siri or or Alexa or whichever assistant you use, and give yourself a reminder to to go out and review the Soul of Enterprise out on iTunes. Those are like gold to us. Really appreciate it. And if you have had the the good fortune of reading our book or taking a look at that or getting a copy of it, uh, love to see a review up on Amazon. So again, those two things would be would be really helpful for us in our continuing quest to provide you with this, this uh, great information and knowledge. So, But right now, a word from our latest sponsor, Abacus Next. of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Results CRM, the award-winning Abacus Next product, is a customer relationship management solution that will automate your business processes, streamline workflows, and deliver consistent results. Cloud-enabled to provide access to your users anytime from anywhere. Grow your business in 2018 with the number one QuickBooks CRM. To learn more about Results CRM, visit ResultsCRM.com. Clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. 
Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, folks. We're doing 2017, the year in review. And Ed, let's get this on your calendar for May. We're going to go to Trier, Germany, and we're going to celebrate Karl Marx's 200th birth anniversary. Oh, okay. All right. So commemorating his ideas, his writings, so forth. So (laughs) yeah, because got to do that. (laughs) You know, I, I have to say that, that, and this is going to sound bizarre, but the the more I study the Mark, Marx, the more of an appreciation I actually have for him. I think he really was trying to to get to something that that was real. I just think that he he had some significant misses. Um, I, I don't think that he was necessarily all that evil a person. I think he was 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 trying to 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 bring out the the greater good in humanity. The fact that he even doubted himself and I think backed away from some of his ideas later later in his career is a testament to him. I think the worst thing about Marx is Marxists. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, he, I mean, he was kind of a horrible person just personally, you know, cheating on his wife, having the baby out of wedlock with his, with his assistant and not earning any money and living off other people, especially Engels. But anyway, I, I get your point. I, I do find him fascinating as well. Um, and I don't like his anti-Semitism, but, uh, no, no. And I'm not going to be but, billing by the hour anytime soon. So don't, right. you know, th- right. And, and, and that's why I brought this up. Cause I wanted to segue into an email that we got from a listener back on. It was fact, it was the day after Christmas and, and folks, this is one of those things that Ed and I like to call an HSD, a high satisfaction day. And, He's asked us not to use his name, so I won't, but here, here's just some pieces, and because it's rather long email, and I just want to read some excerpts. He's a CPA. He says, gentlemen, I hope you both had a wonderful Christmas. He said, effective January 1st, 2018, our firm will cease tracking time for client work. Although the six-minute daily diary is a tradition that spans near 40-year history of the firm, it is no more. Yay! <laughs> and... He credits it to uh, seeing me at at a conference speak and also you, Ed, and also just uh, listening to the show, especially Uh the one that we did on timesheets. But he brought up two points that I just thought were really interesting in the mail. He said, first, his audit manager, who's been with the firm for over a dozen years, and he just always thought and assumed that, you know, she loved, this was just a natural part of the job and, and blah, blah, blah. And she'd be kind of paranoid about taking these things out. 
And she was thrilled. She says, oh, I've always wanted to work in a firm without timesheets. And and he asks us the question, how many partners and firms really know what's going on in the minds of their most experienced people? Mm-hmm. And it's a great question. That's a and great question. The second point he made that I really liked was, he, you know, they hired an intern. And he said, you know, these people come out of school and they don't, they don't know anything about the billable hour. They're not taught any of that in school. That's why us taking our message into college wouldn't be that effective because they just haven't lived through it yet, you know, filling out a timesheet and all that. Mm-hmm. And he says now, he says, I don't think it's overly dramatic to think that, you know, this gal, because she's been spared having to document her worth and value and, you know, six-minute increments, is probably going to keep her in the profession longer. And it's another great point. It just, you know, I still think, for all the technological change coming at us, thanks to companies like Sage, you know, and, and bots and robotics and AI and all of that, I still think people, talent, trump technology. And I still think really smart, talented people don't want to have their worth measured in six-minute increments. And I still think that's going to be a key component of this change. Um, and this email was kind of a, you know, kind of proof of that. So. Really, uh, that was just—it was just a fantastic HSD. Yep. No, we really was. It was. A, it was. A, it was a sl- present after Christmas, which was was great to to read that email and uh, heartfelt for sure. And you know why why we continue to do this and we'll we'll not we'll not stop. I mean we're and I, why I think we need to even double down on some of the messaging around killing the timesheet because as he you know he he recognized that that was really the problem. It wasn't just billing by the hour it was people tracking their time because he and he says in this email too that you know 90% of their revenue is already on a fixed price so that yep. wasn't his issue and i always like to say and people you know people have argued with me about this and i think you feel the same way but if your firm's tracking time you're not value pricing you can pay all the lip service you want to it but if that's still your major metric major and it is a metric not a measurement um, you're looking at the wrong thing. You're not value pricing. You're doing cost plus pricing because that's what it was designed to do mm-hmm. is to set the price. So even though we can't say your name, you know who you are. So thank you very much for this. This was just a fantastic, uh, <laughs> fantastic Christmas gift. Yep. Amen. Well, we had one come in today, Ron, uh, from from our our one one time guest, uh, Greg LaFollette. Actually, Greg was Greg on twice. I think Greg was on twice. He was on once on once solo, right? Yep. Um, came back so, with the guy from the AICPA. Yep, yep. And so we're we're glad to have him. And but the shout out, he uh, he hit us up on Twitter and Facebook asking what the what the world wants to know. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know, uh, Bitcoin or Bit Bit Cash. <laughs> it's, it's bitcoin core right and bitcoin cash at least that's how i uh, i just call it bitcoin but yeah yeah i mean that's yeah, the, the the nerd or the the programmers talk right talk in terms of core and cash but right right um well I, and, and doug sleeter brought up the same thing on on facebook too another prior guest on tsoe twice i think talking about bitcoin yeah two episodes yep. with, with Doug because he's really obsessed with this as well and very knowledgeable about it being a former computer programmer and scientist. Um, but what I told Doug and I'll say to you, Greg, I mean, here's my answer to this. There is a great debate on Bitcoin cash and Bitcoin core from two experts. I mean, they're core, 
you know, their core people in this in this field. And it's on the Tom Woods show, which his podcast, and it's episode 1064. So it's late December sometime. You can find it, you know, just go by going to his, his in fact, go to tomwoods.com, I think, and it slash shows, and there's all of his 1,000 shit. This guy's done over 1,000 shows, Ed. Can you imagine? Crazy. We're, yeah. we're number 173. He does one yeah. a uh, <laughs> But anyway, it, it was just, I learned a ton because it was a very civil debate. These guys obviously have diametrically opposing views between core and cash but i learned a ton about it and i i have to say ed i don't know it's such a learning curve i i mm-hmm. there's argument there's great arguments on both sides yeah there really are i mean my my argument thus far has been it it's it's probably either so it's not it's not a question of both it's probably either because i think both will have uh, there'll be a need for both now which one will gain the most market share that i don't know they could eventually just be complementary to one another uh that that said you know some of the things that i've been reading about the lightning network might if that if it, that technology apparently is is now ready it's it's now launched it's not just a on the drawing board it's now available um you know it's going to take some time for it to to filter through the entirety of the system but um you know that 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 handles some of the things that the bitcoin cash people were concerned about uh, but i i think if if this is going to take off it's it's to me, it's going to be Bitcoin that ultimately it has the greatest chance of success. Uh, I think I think the first mover advantage at this point is is too great. That's that's my belief. You mean Bitcoin Core? Yeah, Bitcoin Core. Yep, 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 yep. And, and Core is losing market share, and and largely because of the transaction fees have gone up. But like you said, and they did talk about Lightning a lot. And one guy called it vaporware. You've been talking about this for years, and you guys haven't been able to get this going. And and that was a big part of the debate, um, but, you know, but Ed, just, pre, you know, again, just stepping back, thinking like an economist would, uh, who we don't particularly care about individual businesses surviving forever, no. whatever, uh, is this kind of a Coke or Pepsi thing? I mean, could there be room for both? Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. Yes. Yes, there's been some some uh, fluctuations, major fluctuations. In fact, I was joking yesterday with somebody that 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 uh, Bitcoin uh, often fluctuates more in one hour than I paid for it. Mm. Right. So <laughs> which yeah, is, what's, your, what's your what's the Bitcoin joke? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we, we told already, but, you know, a father asks the son. Uh, no, son asks the father, Dad, give me ten dollars in Bitcoin. And the father responds, nine dollars and forty one cents. Why do you need ten dollars and thirty seven cents for? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know all that said, I, 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 Bitcoin is up today, and when I say Bitcoin, I mean Bitcoin Core is up today um, over twelve percent uh, to sixteen thousand seven hundred and seventy dollars. So, right, you know, and it, it had it had been down as low as uh, near twelve hundred. At which point I said, let's buy, time to buy some more. <laughs> but right. uh, so I, you know that, that again, I, I as far as predictions for twenty eighteen. Man, we're gonna know a lot more sitting in this seat fifty-two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. there's gonna be a lot that happens. <laughs> I, I I'm loving watching that. It's, I think it's just great because we both know it's needed. That's the bottom line here. This this is needed. 
And so I, I think it's got a bright future. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. Whatever it is. And, you know, I think that you can even throw some probably Bitcoin gold in there as well right. uh, as, as, a, as a possibility. But we shall see. Interesting. Well, thanks stuff. for that question, Greg, and for bringing it up. And uh, go again, go check out the Tom Woods show, episode 1064. I, I really enjoyed that episode. It was fascinating. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. Ron, take us to a break, and and uh, afterwards, uh, let's let's talk about my uh, the the article that I came across that's related to the the Johan Norberg. Okay. Excellent. Well, folks, I'd like to remind you, if you want to get a hold of Ed or myself, you can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com, and we will post full show notes on all of today's topics that we talked about at thesoulofenterprise.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Kevin Kelly, the uh, author at Wired, uh, wrote, Ever since the Enlightenment and the invention of science, we've managed to create a tiny bit more than we've destroyed each year. That few percentage point positive difference is compounded over decades into what we might call civilization. Progress is a self-cloaking action seen only in retrospect. And... This, uh, this quote came to me in an article that was published on our favorite website, Ron Fee, uh, right. by Marion Tupi, uh, who I believe is a scholar at Cato. And he's also the one behind the website Human Progress, which tracks technological, medical, and scientific improvements that make, p- make people's lives better. And he published a, a list 
uh, on December 30th of, let's see, with the total number here, I'll scroll to the bottom, 82 things that uh, he he sees as that why 2017 was an amazing year. Uh, I will w- want to talk about quickly about five of them. And then what we'll do is I'll make sure to, to in the show notes, put links to, to these five. All right. So the first one is on February 18th, it was announced that smartphones can actually become pocket doctors. Scientists discovered that you can use the camera and, and the flash to help diagnose illnesses. Right. Right. By actually putting it against your skin and taking these, uh, you know, shoot, shooting the light rays in and measuring the bounce back rate of different things. And it can almost be used as a duplicate uh, or a, for, for an x-ray, which is just, uh, that's absolutely amazing. It is. And, and, and eye exams. Uh-huh. Eye exams on it. That's just fascinating. Yep. Um, and I just read today that there, there's about there's about to be an absolute explosion in the camera technology because they figured out that if you, they use the uh, if they use you make make the lenses similar to a fly's eye with multiple lenses, mm. right? In a in a pinpoint that they can get far more detail and accuracy and make the lenses even smaller. So that we're about to see like another jump in that. Right. You know, Ed, just on that, George Gilder wrote a book, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15, talking, it's called The Silicon Eye. Uh-huh. He talked about the cam, and it was all about the camera, the digital cam, and he used the fly analogy. Oh, wow. See, there he is. Once again, Gilder, <laughs> a decade ahead. Um, the next, on March 3rd, uh, announced that a terminal, cation, a t- terminal cancer patient has gone into complete remission using gene therapy. And I've, I've, I've actually seen a, a Nova special on this too, Ron. This is just absolutely fascinating. The biggest holdup, as I see it, is the fact that it, you, it cannot be tested in the normal way that the FDA would go require testing because it uses your own genes. In other words, each medication, each dose is specific to you. Personalized medicine. It's completely personalized. So how can we how can we test it? You can't run a clinical trial on it. Yep. Nope. That's going to nope. be a massive issue. Yep. Um, so, uh, so that's, so that's you know good news. And then once again, you know what what are, what are we doing to to make sure that that we can actually implement some of these things? And let's face it, you'd have to make significant changes into the to the way the FDA thinks about stuff. Um, next one is on April second. A plastic-eating fungus has been discovered. It may actually completely solve our garbage problem, and you would just you would have like a a a, a, a can, obviously not made out of plastic, that you would you know throw your trash in. It would get eaten by this this fungus, and and turn it into compost or whatever. So, God, so I wouldn't have to recycle anymore. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Awesome. Right. Um, this one. I, I I even had to double take on this, and I think I follow this stuff pretty closely, Ron. But this this one, you especially since this was published in the Washington Post, mm-hmm. September twelfth, U.S. middle class incomes reached their highest ever level. Yep. <laughs> no, that can't be. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but but we heard that the middle class is dying. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> and then the the last one that I think is just amazing, just based on the statistics, that on December seventh, uh, it, it, the that we now have 
bumper crops for global cereal supplies in 2017. Uh, this, the, 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 the chart that's published with this is unbelievable. We've almost doubled production, doubled production since two, the year 2000 right. of, of cereals and grains. Right, with probably not taking any more land. Nope, with actually probably re- reduction in overall yeah. land. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you see out here. You're, everybody's converting their land to you know vineyards. <laughs> yeah, there's yep. no value. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, anyway, yeah. we'll po- I'll po- we'll post a link to the complete list. But those are the five that really just absolutely jumped out at me. Uh, and and thanks to Marion Tupi and the and the folks at at, at Fee for for keep continuing that great work and, and the website humanprogress.org. So. Absolutely. So, Ed, let me ask you, I know we've only got a short time here, but if, if I asked you who your biggest loser was for the year 2017, it could be person, place, or thing. It could be an entity or a person or what. Who would be, be on your list of biggest loser or losers? And I assume you're going to ask me for my biggest winner too. And if could I could, I, could it be the same person? Could it be Donald Trump in both categories? Both <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, gee, you know, I it, it, there there's there's a there's a lot out there. Um, I I would would have to say that the 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 biggest losers in my mind uh, have have been the the statisticians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> the 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 uh, what is it five sixty what um, yeah uh, they, yeah you know going going back to the election they they yeah. have continued to try to justify their existence and their their and and look what's what I find funny is that there's there's still people who believe it hook line and sinker yeah and I'm just not I'm not buying in anymore I'm not I'm not not buying in any of their crap anymore they 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 are just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. No, I hear you. In fact, uh, it's it's kind of on my list too. But in, in part of a big, I, I think the mainstream media took a ma- major hit and continues mm-hmm. to take a hit. I think Hollywood, obviously, with all the Weinstein and and and, and the mainstream media too, because of all the sex scandals and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but another one, Ed, I I have I have to put the NFL in here, and it's kind of sad. But boy, NFL is dropping like a stone. I mean, I we could be at the beginning of the end of this game. And it's not just because of the concussion thing. I mean, that's a, that's part of it. Um, but I, I just think there's a whole confluence of events that, you know, it's just, this is not what, it'd be like tuning into, you know, the Johnny Carson show and getting serious political commentary or tuning into Nightline and getting, you know, a stream of jokes. I mean, this is not why people watch football. You know, they watch football to escape. They don't mm-hmm. want, they don't want to be just assaulted with political commentary and, this and that, and I just—I I think it's sad, but it's an institution that may be in its last days. I, I don't know. It's—I don't know if it's last days. I mean, it's—it's—it still has a huge number of the highest-rated shows. I mean, even though the ratings overall are down, I know that, but they're—they're they're still still pretty high. Um, you know, comparatively to other things, I will say this though: I think the concussion thing is a much bigger deal because it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not allowing the replacement. And you know, there's plenty of people who are not going to be, be letting their kids play football, including right. 
So right, right, right. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I also think universities uh, have to be thrown in there. Um, just, just, just be, you know, just there just seem to be repressive of free speech. And when you read some of the Pew Research polls on on how many students, what percentage of them think it's okay to suppress speech that's offensive, you know, it's 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 an astonishingly large number. Um, However, even with that said, I do think there's some great pushback. There are some universities that have taken a tough stance, like the University of Chicago, and said, we are, a free, we are an institution based on the free exchange of ideas, and mm-hmm. we will not tolerate you know, people shutting down certain viewpoints. I mean, we're, you know, that, that's a no-no. Right. Uh, so, and, and, I just, and, and there's a few other universities that have taken the bold stance. So maybe that'll turn around. Maybe this is just a short-term trend. But boy, when you see some of the stuff going on in universities, it's like, wow, really? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. No wonder people go into think tanks. <clears throat> um, and as far as biggest winner, I will say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Trump just for surviving the year. Kind of honestly didn't think he would, so... Yeah, well, there were some people that had bets that he wouldn't. And, and I have to say, I'm just going to say my biggest winner is just I, I think we made some great progress. We got tax reform. We got some justices. We got some a massive repeal of regulation. And I mean, massive rollbacks. Yes. Yep. PA, yep. Keystone Pipeline, net neutrality gone, Title IX. I mean, uh, the Paris Accord, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the Dow's at a good number. What is it? 25,000 or whatever. I forgot to look it up. But uh Anyway, it looks like uh, I think we're poised at the economy for a, a really good run here, um, especially because of the tax reduction. So anyway, great stuff, Ed. Great year in review. What's on store for next week? Next week, Ron, we are, uh, you know, I'm kind of lost. Where are we going next week? I don't we're even gonna know. Do, we're going to look at the best business books that we read. Oh, wait, we're going to do the books next week. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super. Yep. Excellent. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific for best business books. In the meantime, please visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.